0: wow richard imagine i said a culturally relevant reference to the butterfly effect to kick off our episode what a great reference
1: to kick off our episode i joke.
0: but i can't because this movie has no cultural footstep footprint really so mm. i feel like there's nothing this is, this is like Kutcher's the avatar in the news. <Yeah>. Yeah, I mean, other than Ashton Kutcher being relevant again for all the wrong... but I bet he wishes he could bloody go back in time, time and butterfly effect his yeah. own life at the moment. Uh, welcome along, Do you reckon if Ashton Kutcher film... could
1: go back in time, he would stop himself writing that letter, or he would stop Danny Masterton from doing what he did?
0: Yeah, exactly. What's the... Yeah. <laughs> Probably the first one.
1: I reckon he would, because it's like, if you go back and stop all the Danny Masterton stuff... You you're just like you're changing too much.
0: Mm. It's like changing 9-11 this far on. Yeah. Or killing Hitler. It's like, ah, uh, it'd be too much admin to keep up with all the historical changes if I went back in time and killed mm.
1: Hitler. I don't have time. Fun start to the podcast. Anyway. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Welcome along to film franchise Fortnite on the Cop Pops Podcast where myself, AJ, and my God. Beautiful. Best friend Richard. God, he's so attractive.
1: Thank you. I haven't been feeling very beautiful lately, so I need wow. to hear that. I have the driest skin <laughs> under my eyes. If anyone out there can Go help back me in with time this.
0: And moisturize your eyeballs a little more.
1: Well, this is the thing like, I've never had, like, it's like almost like eczema, but like, I've never had that before. Especially not under my eyes. I don't know. It's
0: called being in your 30s, mate. Yeah. Sorry about it. Sorry about it. <sighs> this is a i'm older where, than
1: you
0: yeah by like four months yeah but <laughs> so it's not like you can't be like welcome
1: me. to your 30s mate because like welcome i, to the party, I you to your 30s <laughs>
0: <laughs> and i'm welcoming you back <laughs> um so the 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 film franchise fortnight's on the cop option podcast where we watch and discuss a different film franchise every fortnight um and as the fates would have it this this fortnight, for what wasn't supposed to be Spooktober, but we're now stretching the parameters of whatever genre the Butterfly Effect is to be like, yeah, it's a Halloween
1: episode.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, we're covering the Butterfly Effect trilogy. Now, depending on your upbringing, you might have one of two questions. Either oh, are there sequels to the butterfly effect or what's the butterfly effect? Mm. Because I reckon this has got to be one of the more obscure franchises we've ever done, I reckon.
1: In in, in, in a certain manner of speaking.
0: Mm, I reckon there's so many people who don't know a fucking thing about this trilogy. The Butterfly Effect came out, uh, the first one came out in 2004. The second one, The Butterfly Effect 2, came out in 2006. With the third one, The Butterfly Effect Revelations, <laughs> came out in 2009. The last two were straight to DVD. The first one, I think, had a theatrical run. Straight and to was, cinemas. Um, it was a... It was a mainstay of the like the like ten dollars DVD bargain bin. Yeah, absolutely. It's that kind of film. Late 2000s.
1: plays on TV all the time. You'd get it Mm. out because it's like kind of adult, but not really. Like it's Mm. it's a lot of one of those like it's the first movie Mm. you know of this kind that you watch. Mm. The first Mm, psychological thriller that Yeah. yeah that you ever see.
0: Yeah, so came out in 2004, directed by Eric Briss and Jay Mackie Gruber.
1: There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care. accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wegovy and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss.
0: Who are the writers of Final Destination 2? Which yeah, uh, feels, Bruce also wrote. Very yep. similar to that, yeah. Yep, Bress also wrote um Final Destination, the the Final Destination, the worst one. Uh and both are the creators of the T V show Kyle XY, which is really? you have seen is very different to the butterfly effect. I, I, I looked up these guys
1: too. um to see what else they'd done and I didn't come across the Kyle XY thing. That's interesting. Mm. I didn't re- yeah. I I just looked at their filmography. Uh, and they don't have a lot of other films.
0: <laughs> no, no. And maybe the most important piece of information we can preface this episode with uh, to sort of really drive home what kind of movies they, these are is the disparity between the critic score on Rotten Tomatoes and the audience score. Yes. So I would like you to guess both of these, please. I would
1: guess the the audience score is like mid-70s. Mm-hmm. And then I would guess the critic score is like forty.
0: You're just off. It's we've got a critic score of thirty four percent and an audience score of eighty one percent. Oh, you don't you don't see this often. <laughs> critic, the
1: critics put out the hit for the butterfly effect. <coughs> <laughs> uh, what, 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 what what are is, but, what are fans of the butterfly effect call themselves? Butterflies. Yeah, I guess. Hmm.
0: What they is it about? <laughs> friend friends of Evan. <laughs> The main character of the Evan
1: Treborn, one of the the yeah. worst main character names I've ever heard. <laughs> like, straight up. And it's one of those things that, like, you know, you've talked about, like, why do I still remember the name Larry Daly from Night at the Museum? It's like, I've always known Evan Treborn's name because it's, <laughs> like, you know, if you'd asked me at any point in the last, you know, since I first saw this movie when I was probably... 12 or 13 I would be able to tell you his Mm. name is Evan Treborn because those writers they thought they were being so clever and his name is Event Reborn because he can do events again
0: I never knew that that's incredible that's That's, really funny that you
1: didn't pick up on that
0: that's the smartest thing about this movie it's the dumbest Uh, thing about this movie Yeah, Evan Treborn I
1: I hate Evan Treborn as a name (laughs) because it's so it's so it's what I would have thought of yeah. At that age, if I was doing yeah. like, you know, for film class doing like a mm. time travel mm. movie. Um, mm. it's it's so stupid. Anyway, so Evan Treborn, uh, we get the film starts with like sort of a a greatest hits of his of his trauma. And so you see all about, these yeah,
0: about half an hour before Kutcher appears yeah. as the character.
1: Um you see all these little pieces in his life and he and he's prone to these blackouts. And so sort of the biggest turning points in his life he's not actually like uh psychologically present for and then and let's just put this here uh, content warning
0: for a bunch of shit that just did not need to be explored in these things. <laughs> um, we're we're so we're talking sexual assault, uh child molestation, uh that sort of shit yeah. is is gonna be part of this discussion. So if that triggers you, I assure you guys, this is not a good enough franchise <laughs> to stick yeah, around yeah, yeah. listening to if you struggle with that with hearing people talk about this. We're not gonna joke about it. It's just that, you know, it need it needs to it needs to be yeah. discussed.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And then what yeah when we get to uh, part, part of his um treatment for this is to Therapy. write yeah, yeah is to write um diaries detailing what happened and then you know that might be able to help him remember some of the blackouts and then mm. cut to he's now in college he's i think 24 he's supposed to be or something like that it's quite quite young right. <laughs> younger than Ashton Kutcher looks and <laughs> uh he finds these diaries again and he starts to read one of them and then he time travels back to where he uh, the blackout, blew up the moment a baby. <laughs> <So> he blew <laughs> yeah. up a
0: baby with dynamite. <laughs> yeah. And so he
1: he just observes it this time, but then he realizes, oh shit, I can go back and right some of the wrongs from my past. And so each time he goes back, he returns to modern day in a completely different way. Universe essentially multiverse. It's 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 like this is very much like a precursor to the multiverse boom of films. I think,
0: but he well, that's this is what the butterfly, the titular butterfly effect refers to as the chaos theory idea that which
1: you would think would be the the big you know uh, glue that holds the three films together. But yep. no, no, we'll get, to, we'll get to, to that later on. But yeah, you, you're saying the chaos theory idea that...
0: The chaos theory, the idea that, that the flap of a butterfly's wings can be...
1: Can cause a tsunami on the other side of the world. Yeah,
0: yeah, exactly. So you go back sort of and, stuff, yeah. and stop something small like um, getting molested by your or girlfriend's Or blowing up dad, a baby with dynamite. You know, or, or blowing up a baby with dynamite, then you may wake up, wake up in the with nightmarish no reality where you're a frat boy or you have no arms, yeah. <laughs> yeah
1: so i, I uh, yes yeah, one of them he's a frat boy one of them he has no arms there's a bunch of them where he, and he doesn't know people or uh, yeah that, that he's got this core group of friends um he's got mm. this the younger the girl that he was in love with since he was a little kid and then her brother who was like a psychopath and then their friend as well, who is so traumatized by blowing up a baby with dynamite that he becomes essentially catatonic in a lot mm. of these realities. And so, yeah, yada, yada, he keeps going back and forth, trying to change things. And then, oh, you know, my life seems perfect now, or it's so horrible. And so he goes back, and keeps trying to change things. And the idea that every time he goes back and he changes something, it has a massive effect on the future. And he keeps going back to each of the times he blacks out. So... It's important to note as well that, like, each time he comes back, he gets, like, a fucking brain hemorrhage, which is, mm. you know, the the missing memories being shoved into his brain. So he's able to adjust mm. to the new realities, like, a bit quicker than you sort of normally would, because it's like he does have the memories of the last were. ten... In real life. <laughs> yeah. And, <laughs> and then the, the film ends with he goes back in time to one event he stops which,
0: the baby being blown up which knocks off his his arms so he never got to write his diaries yeah and so can't travel back in time anymore
1: yeah but then uh no he he goes back in time and accident after that because he manages to go back to a diary entry from before his arms uh, got blown yes. up and yes. accidentally kills kaylee uh, which means he got institutionalized which means he was never able to write the diaries and so mm. he goes back one last time. And if you're watching the film now, you, pretty much only the director's cut is available. But I'll tell you the theatrical ending first. We've got,
0: I've got, I've got them written down. Oh yeah, I've, I've, I've seen free. both.
1: But the yeah. so the theatrical ending of the film is that he, while he's in this institution, and they're like, "Look, Evan, we've talked about this. These were this is all a figment of your imagination. You got the idea that you're able to travel back in time," and he travels back in time one last time to the birthday party where he first meets kaylee and he says hey look who's amy smart's character the love of his life and he says hey look if you ever come near me again i'm gonna fucking kill your whole family and she's like runs off and is like oh man i'm so scared of this kid and that means that she goes to live with her mother never and then most of you know these horrible events of of Evan's life never happened because a lot of them revolved around her and uh, her family. She only stayed to live with her pedophile father because she wanted to stay near Mm. Evan and they have their lives going completely different directions. And at the very end of the film, they he's years later, he's a, some kind of business guy in New York city and he walks past Kaylee. They share a look, but keep on walking uh, in opposite directions and then there's a few different versions of that one they stop and he's like oh hey Kaylee right and she's like what and he's like yeah Yo, you, you just look like a Kaylee and he buys her a drink and they live happily ever after and then there's one where they share a look and then he turns around and follows her <laughs> Mm. But the ending that's like... Learning nothing,
0: presumably. Exactly.
1: But the ending that, if you download the film now or like buy the DVD, this is like the default ending on the DVD, which I got five minutes into the film and remembered, oh, I have this on DVD, I can watch it on that. <laughs> um, but the... Yeah, in this one, it's all the same up until the point. There's there's one added scene to make this ending work earlier on. But he, instead of watching a home movie of this birthday party, he watches a home movie of his own birth. And he goes back in time to when he was in the womb and he wraps his umbilical cord around himself, giving his mother her... Either third or fourth stillbirth fourth, in a row. Fourth
0: stillborn in a row.
1: But the thing yeah, is, so impl- earlier in the film, earlier in the her, film, her previous yeah, children did the same. Also, good butterfly effect. But then the same. Earlier in the film, she says she had two stillborns in in a row. And then at the end of the film, when it flashes back in his mind while this is happening to remind the audience of it, she says three. I
0: wonder, is that a goof? Is that yeah. a mistake? Interesting. I, think I so. did notice it as well. But the, I've noticed that every time I've watched it, but it's not until now that I've realised I'm not just misremembering. That two and three each are time. different numbers. Yeah, yeah, I thought they were the same yeah. number, Richard.
1: But it is yeah, because also he realises and that he's like, oh man, my mum has cancer uh, because of all the time travel because, i don't know
0: because no because she started chain smoking oh, yeah. because of the last thing because he blew his arms off she started chain yeah. smoking and now has cancer and so he's like i know i'll i'll do her a favor i'll go back in time and give her her third or fourth stillborn baby in a row oh, yeah. that'll fix things that'll make my mother feel better yeah. <laughs> like i'm j- i'm just saying like if i was a mother and i was dying of cancer and i'm in my 50s presumably mm. right I would rather that and still have my son, whom I adore, mm. than have lived a, a full life without him. You know. Yeah.
1: Well, the, this the, the I re- I mean the director's cut ending is very edgy and like it, like I, I saw on Reddit and stuff like that a bunch of people saying like Did you know there's an alternate ending where he strangles himself and the but I had only ever seen that version. Yeah, because, same. yeah, And then I found out oh there was an original ending and I think the original ending is so much better. It's like it's a lot better the idea of like Kaylee is better off without me in her life rather than one of these films that has a the message of you are a burden to everyone kill yourself.
0: It is a repugnant message to put in a film, (laughs) and and insane that it made it all this way. Insane that it like like we like I don't think you could do this ending now. I think writers are too self aware of these days. Well, you can't say any... You can't even say fuck, Richard, without the bloody woke police wanting to butterfly affect your fucking birth. You know? (laughs) Like, you got... So, I think that... Here, here I, I think that there is no good ending to The Butterfly Effect. I think both endings are bad. Mm. We'll get into this a little bit after after I, we discuss the endings. But when I first saw this movie, I saw the strangulation in the yeah. womb ending. And I thought, great ending. I was 12 years old. Mm. Great ending, right? Yeah, yeah. Um. Then years later, I watched this ending where he goes back in time and tells little Kaylee, if you come near me, I'll kill you and your family. And the here's the problem with with that ending mm. is that I don't think it's particularly exciting. The, what what the the womb strangulation ending has over that ending is that it's a dramatic gesture. It's a piece of action. It's mm. it's doing something. It's quite high stakes. And I think on paper that's a better ending. And I don't think scaring a little girl is particularly high stakes.
1: I I, I, think, I disagree. I mean, I think that yeah, like you're right. The actual action that he goes back in time and does is obviously a lot bigger when he strangles himself Hmm. in utero but i think Hmm. that the um the seeing kaylee's life without evan in it is the climax not the scaring a little kid i think that that's your big cinematic uh climax is the flashes Hmm. we get of everything that you know fits in with the story we've had um, yeah up until now
0: i see what you're saying okay well richard We've gotten pretty far into this episode without discussing a fairly important um, and crucial piece of the puzzle for our discussion mm. around uh, this movie, anyway. Because you, if you, in case you, listeners, if you couldn't tell, we're speaking quite uh, negatively and, you know, making fun of this movie a lot. All of this being said, all of all of my distaste for this movie still standing. This is one of the most important films I've ever seen in my life. Like <laughs> yeah, this, yeah. this film. When I saw this film when I was twelve, um. Well, actually, let me let me paint the picture. Let us do the cult pop cherry and here's what happened when I first. Right. saw Well, this I do
1: film. edit these podcasts now, so you could keep it tight.
0: <laughs> we we used to have family movie nights every Saturday, right? Mm-hmm. We we would get out all sorts of movies that you wouldn't think a 12 year old should be watching right including one night we got out the butterfly effect. It begins five minutes in you get to a whopper of a child molestation scene <laughs> and my dad just said no, we're not watching this turn it off The movie gets shut <laughs> off, right years later I must have I must have been like 10. When it wasn't because years later, when I was twelve or thirteen, my brother saw it mm. and was like, "Alex, I've seen the Butterfly Effect. You have to, you have to watch the whole thing. Yeah. It's amazing." Watched it and I was like, "This is mature film. This is what mature adults watch. Yeah. You know, this mature is, adults yeah, your first watch,
1: adult mo- adult film. You
0: yeah, watched? yeah. Mature adults watch films with with gr- like Ashton s- Kutcher horror." ashton kutcher and, and horrible child molestation scenes and scenes where where babies get blown up with dynamite and scenes where someone gets raped in prison like adult movies rape their protagonists you know this these <laughs> these are the things i believed like this is this is hard and you look at the films cinema. that you made around that
1: time and all of those <laughs> things in prison
0: and I just thought this was and like, I told all my friends to watch it like, like you've got to watch I, it he
1: gets raped in prison
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I watched it like I would I was gravitated dog to. dog
1: gets burnt s- alive
0: yeah 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 I was gravitated to similar films like we just discussed on a Patreon episode we just recorded the number 23 is very much holds hands movie. with yeah. the butterfly effect Um, the Adrian Brody movie The Jacket was another one uh. that I cannot remember what it is but I remember thinking this is my favourite movie because it's like the butterfly effect um this movie influenced what I would write I remember being 14 and trying to write a novel that was essentially Richard the butterfly effect and all you know not in concept but in very much in tone and like it was just such a I just felt like it was such a groundbreaking and interesting and great movie and as I started to get older, I started realizing how frustrating frustrated I was getting with the endings. Um, and then eventually got to the point where I was like, I must have seen it again and just been like, this movie sucks. Like, this is <laughs> so bad. This, yeah. this movie is so poorly made. Um I a lot of the criticism that I was looking up, like the Ron Tomatoes Critical Consensus and all the all the like Roger Ebert reviews and stuff, they they talk about how tasteless the film is. Mm. And I think that's so apt. that. And when I was 12, as I said, I thought depictions of animal abuse and prison rape were these mature, dark things that you have to be mature enough to handle watching mm. in a film. But now it all feels like these edgy filmmakers are like, yeah, and then he kills his dog, and then he gets raped in prison. And it's, it's you know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. that's, that's the attitude. The attitude behind it is not like, oh, I feel so compelled to tell the story that I'm willing to take it to some very dark places. You hear about, um, who's the guy that wrote Lolita? He, like, wanted to, he oh, yeah, tried to just... Someone yeah yeah tried them. to destroy the manuscript several times because he was so disgusted with what he was writing you know that i watched um a 17 minute the making of the butterfly effect <laughs> special feature the other day which by the way let's bring special features back what a aesthetic what a vibe yeah. i should
1: pop in the dvd um, and have a look
0: yeah and the the directors Eric Bress and Jay Mackie Gruber they just come across as the biggest fucking lord losers really? like right. it's just it's just it's so funny and so embarrassing <laughs> to hear them and Kut- Kutcher and Eric Stoltz who plays the pedophile dad like all of these people are being interviewed in this little behind the scenes featurette and they're all speaking like they've made the next like fucking so Chinatown okay. or something yeah you know like like the, this real hard Going, but like a clockwork orange, almost. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah. like like you know, it's we like, have sorry, to show. Sorry, snowflakes. Sorry, snowflakes. But this is drama. This, this is, is this is
1: the kind of films adults watch.
0: Yeah, and but they just come across as such. Fucking pathetic, sad losers. Oh, yeah. And I felt so bad watching it because they talk about it like, they're like, oh, we wrote the script and it got shopped around Hollywood and people <laughs> wanted to to buy it from us. And we were like, no, we have to direct. They got the Final Destination 2 writing job because of the script. Like, that oh, right. already written the butterfly effect and then because of that wrote Final Destination 2 and that's what gave them the, like clout to be able to direct their own yeah. film basically um and like yeah it's it's like the the way they talk about it like like this idea was beamed into their collective brains from heaven above as like mm. the the ultimate uh drama the psychological thriller of 2004 uh, and it got 34 percent on Rotten Tomatoes, yeah. and they're they're absolutely the kind of guys who would have been crushed by <laughs> yeah.
1: this reception. Probably, know? probably listen to this podcast. Yeah, yeah, i will yeah. hate it. The I do um, my history of this film. I think this is one of those films that, like, my sister, being a couple years older than me, like, got in, you know got into this film and like was that sort of like oh you know this is like an adult and so after a couple of years i was able to watch it too and like you know mm. it was maybe a bit more adult than i should have been watching at the time but mm. um loved this film thought it was same similar sort of experience that it's like wow the, you know the first like real grown-up film It opened watched.
0: my eyes to cinema and legitimately the things i'm interested in now mm. and the stories i'm compelled to now I, in terms of b- talking about the butterfly effect if you went back in time stop me from ever watching this I don't know if I would be into the stuff I'm into yeah. now the stuff I'm into now is much better than the uh, butterfly yeah, effect the stuff you're into it's, now it's is like the... killing
1: dogs um, <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, no 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 I more mean like the, the genres I'm into now yeah. you can trace all these back to the butterfly effect yeah. they're just much better executions of things yeah. like the butterfly effect
1: yeah. and the thing is, so the interesting thing about this film is that I, I've known for a long time this is a don't rewatch it movie because it doesn't hold up Mm -hmm. the last time i watched this movie before the podcast would have been 10 15 years ago and i Mm. still thought i still liked it when i watched it last like Mm -hmm. i was still in that zone but i've just like being able to think about it uh, because i remember it fairly well it's not like a you know back of my mind sort of film
0: i watched this at so many sleepovers i had the dvd i saw this a hundred times exactly
1: and i watching it now not going into it knowing that I'm about to watch a bad film this time, I wasn't crushed to find out. I mm. part of me still loves this film and loved re-watching it. You know, like mm. I I've, I thoroughly enjoyed watching it this time, and it's been mm. funny like talking to people about oh I'm watching the Butterfly Effect films, and multiple people have been like oh the first one like I didn't know there were sequels, but like oh the Butterfly Effect's really good, isn't it? And I and I go rewatch it, see what you think. <laughs> like, uh,
0: yeah, my. My flatmate was like, "What franchise are you doing this fortnight?" And I was like, "Oh, I got to watch the Butterfly Effect trilogy." And she was like, oh, the first one's all right, isn't it?" And I was like, "No, yeah. <laughs> like better than the sequels, sure, yeah. but we are not talking about a a good film." Here. Yeah,
1: but the thing is, like you're talking about that you mentioned about this idea that like this this idea for a film was like descended from the heavens and mm. all stuff. That it's like this is a film concept that has to exist. Like mm, it's a brilliant mm. concept for a film, and mm. I think that it's like this is so close to being a great film, and that like <laughs> there, there <laughs> yeah. are there are mo- yeah. like the, the stuff that that we latched onto as teenagers is still in there. There's just mm. enough bad other stuff now, or some mm. of it's recontextualized that like as a thirty year old I could be like, no, this is bad, but. Yeah, like there's so much stuff in this film that I'm still so fascinated by. And, like you said, like Hmm. the idea, I've said this on the podcast before, but like the idea of like paths not taken and things like that is just something that I not only like think about so much in my personal life, but I'm so fascinated by in media. And I think that, yeah, I mean, this is like the butterfly effect walked so that everything everywhere all at once could run. (laughs)
0: <laughs> sure, man. Like, absolutely. They're, they're, in a lot
1: of ways they're very similar films and like
0: absolutely yeah, yeah yeah
1: i think that this really i mean you know you could if you made this now people would say this is just capitalizing on everything everywhere all at once because it's like the the frat boy persona where he ended up with the love of his life and like all these things it's like yeah it's so mm. it's so mm. multiverse coded mm.
0: yeah yeah i would like to talk about some of the funniest bad stuff in this movie. Yeah. If we may. The stuff that really lets it down. Because despite the the writers and directors saying, you know, acting like they were given this idea from Olympus on high itself, you know, this was Prometheus gave S- them the stealing, butterfly effect. <laughs> the stealing from the gods. The idea yeah, of the yeah. butterfly effect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Despite that, it's also like not a very well thought out <laughs> execution. Well, yeah, as well. one, one of
1: the the most famous bad things about this film and one of like If we're talking about plot holes in film, Mm. this is Mm. like the poster boy for Mm. plot holes. Because it is so specifically going against the logic already set up by the film. Like the most important, the titular butterfly effect that like Mm -hmm. this, this famous scene that goes against it. So he's in prison. Uh, because he mm. kills Tommy in in, yeah. in his frat boy days, and which do
0: you know? Do you know where they filmed that? Where an actual prison, and the extras are prisoners. I think <laughs> yeah, I think I've
1: them that. But yeah, it's like it isn't that looks crazy? Like it. But one of the um, <laughs> his cellmate uh, who is Kevin Duran, Kevin Duran from Lost and uh, X Men Origins of Wolverine. Uh, also, Scooby Doo
0: Two Monsters Unleashed and Austin Powers. This is our fourth Kevin nice. Durand franchise.
1: But yeah, he's yeah in in Mexican face, which is mm. yeah not not so, a great.
0: So so much so that I only found out it was Kevin Durand when you messaged me this week saying, "Holy shit, that's Kevin Durand." <laughs>
1: yeah, but he anyway. So he, he's like, I need help. I need protection from the. The, the the gangs in prison. I need you to help me. I can travel through time. Here, I'm going to show you. So the cellmate is very religious. And he's like, I'm going to travel back in time and give you a sign, show you what I can do. So he travels back in time to a time where he blacked out and drew this creepy picture so he goes back in time draws a creepy picture for seemingly no reason it's,
0: it's a picture of him having murdered the the, the gang two pr- yeah. the gang right and the first scene of the movie yeah. is the teacher pulling aside Evan's mum and being like he drew this creepy picture and doesn't remember drawing it oh, yeah. and it sets up this mystery this isn't the plot hole this is just yeah. something I think is exceptionally dumb in the edgy yeah. con- the edgy conversation of this movie is he just the the reason he drew that creepy picture is because he went back in time and wanted to be creepy for what, his well, yeah, wanted is, to worry like, his mum who he loves. Yeah. He, like he just well, decides that, that, like, to draw this picture for no reason. He went
1: back in time, got told what do you want to be when you grow up and that was that was Adult Evan's answer to that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so he drew it and then he go he gets up after finishing his picture, walks over Uh, to like you know those things that you like stab receipts onto um Mm. just a giant spike there's two of those not
0: good things to have in a classroom i thought
1: but he says oh mrs miller or whatever her name is and just like slams his hands down on them uh piercing through
0: miller is actually the surname of kaylee and tommy (laughs) yeah probably (laughs) i think mr miller is eric stoltz's character anyway continue
1: um and yeah, slams him down, and then he reappears in prison with a cellmate. Now having had these uh, stigmata. two stigmata, the scars on his hands appear uh, as if from the heavens, and it freaks him out. He's Much like, okay, like cool.
0: the co- the concept of the butterfly <laughs> yeah. effect, itself. and so he
1: he agrees to help him, and then and Which, then he okay, goes let's... into the the, the Nazi uh, cell and uses a bunch of sl- racial slurs, and yeah. But yeah, so the thing... Yeah, so break it down is that one thing... The first thing is There's that...
0: There's several things wrong with it. Yeah, but go so ahead. he goes back
1: in time. And so if if he had done this as a kid, first of all, like the scars would have always been there. They wouldn't have just appeared in front mm. of this guy. Uh, but mm. also the probably more important thing is that initially in the first scene of the film when he has been given the... His mum's been given the drawing that he did... He hadn't slammed his hands on those. And yeah. so because he So went when, back did he and made, when, when did he, he draw the drawing? When did he draw the drawing and made this small change? Mm. It should have made a big difference in his future. And he just, just wouldn't like how be a in butterfly prison.
0: flapping his wings yeah, it's, would, you it's know,
1: such a stupid like betrayal also- of everything the film stands for.
0: It also start, makes you question, like, well, what did he do in the regular timeline when he blacked out these times? Yeah. Because if in this one, he stigmated his fucking little kid hands. Yeah. Like, is that not, you know, like... But he still drew the picture. He still... So even if he wasn't going back in time to be creepy on purpose, he still drew the creepy picture. Yeah. Also for no reason. Why did he draw the creepy picture? I, <laughs> There's no plot reason why he would have drawn that.
1: <laughs> like, talking about the blackout the various blackouts he has that is one of my favorite ideas of the film though Mm -hmm. that he it's i I, we're talking about time travel and things i love the idea of um like the closed loop time travel where it's Mm -hmm. you've always traveled back in time and so there's these moments of his life that he can't remember are because in the future he can he travels back to those bits and so adult evan is experiencing mm. it and he'd like taking over his consciousness and it's like it's, it's not a perfect th- like it doesn't make perfect sense but like um the it's the same mm. kind of time travel i guess that um in a sense that the harry potter movies do where it's like you know they're, they're mm. always there or the the example that's given is that like you go back to uh investigate the cause of a fire and you inadvertently cause the fire um mm. but yeah it's I, I i've always thought that was a cool idea that it's like he blacks out because he's been taken over, and because, because of the blackout, he knows that, like that's a time that he can go back to because he wrote about the blackout.
0: Mm. Yeah, yeah. Also, one thing I think is stupid about that plot hole, it's not part of the plot hole, is like, the whole reason for him going back in time, for him stabbing his hands, for him drawing the creepy picture, was to convince his cellmate, who already likes him, to Mm. protect him. It's like, it's not even for a time travel reason that he does all this shit. It's to try and prove, falsely prove to this guy that he can stigmatize. And also, can't you do something that's going to fucking hurt you less? Holy Holy shit! Right? Yeah. If I'm going back in time to try and convince someone that I can time travel, I reckon I'm not stigmatising my fucking <laughs> hands. Um, yeah. So that's all. That's all very stupid. One thing I also think is is kind of guffed in this film as well is that young, the kid who plays young Evan, there's two kids, there's a 13-year-old... And a 7-year-old. And, like, a 7-year-old, a, a yeah. And the 7-year-old, they cast him, and that kid gets a lot of play. He's in a lot of scenes, yeah. and he's, he's it's Logan acting... Logan
1: Lerman who would grow up to be...
0: Is that Logan Lerman, or is the 17-year-old... The 7-year-old one is Logan Lerman. The seven, okay. Um, so, I just think it's funny that, that they give that kid so much to do and say, right? And... There are times when he's just playing seven-year-old Evan, and there are times when he's playing 24-year-old Evan having time travelled back, and he's swearing, and he's foul-mouthed, and all these sorts of things. That kid, young Logan Lerman, how old was he here? Do we know? So what, what year did this film come out? 2004. He was 12. And it shows because 12 year olds don't look like seven year olds. Mm. So you've got this kid who's clearly 12 and then you're told very quickly that he's supposed to be seven and you go, oh, okay, that's kind of weird. And then you see him swearing and shit as 24 year old Evan. And it's like, yeah, the reason you fucking cast a 12 year old is so you can, it wasn't as problematic to have him acting like an adult, but like they've split the difference too close to old. When mm. maybe, like, do you know what I'm saying? Like, and also on top of that. 24-year-old Evan is not really depicted as being particularly badass or foul-mouthed. So it's like the characterization of Evan when he travels back in time to his seven-year-old self is like this precocious, oh my God, imagine hearing a seven-year-old say this. Mm. But like, he's not like that in the present. So it's just a completely different version of the character. And I just think it's so silly and dumb. Like when he goes back and talks to his dad and he's like, okay, listen up, old man. And it's like, he doesn't talk like... Ashton Kutcher's version of the character doesn't talk like this. Yeah. <laughs> ah, such a bad movie. So fun to talk about. <laughs> I loved
1: it. I loved watching it. Yeah. I I loved watching all three of these films. Mm, and this is the good. best one.
0: And this is the, easily. Easily, easily the, best the best one. I reckon that all the characters in this movie kind of suck. Oh, except absolutely. for one. There's one character Eric who starts. I want to see a, a whole movie about. No? Close, though. <laughs> S- similar like fame level to eric stoltz i'm talking of course about ethan Suplee's thumper oh yeah the uh f- overweight goth roommate that he lives with in college sometimes who is such a like there are characters what? his, his whole character
1: is he has sex a lot but he's fat
0: yeah so there are characters background characters in this movie who are so like i just boring like i would even say amy smarts kaylee very just kind of like run right, like you know it's male writers trying to write it. Way more concerned with the male characters than the yeah, female yeah, yeah. characters. Um And yet they could have easily made Evan's college roommate just a normal guy. Mm. But they made him such a specific vision. <laughs> it's it's like, it's such and it's it's like, where is this dude going? Let's follow Thumper's butterfly effect, you know? Like I'm, it's such a weird addition to the movie because it feels like such a like such care was taken in crafting that character, and for what? For what reason? He doesn't have a close doesn't have closure. He doesn't have an arc. What I think it is is that I bet in earlier drafts of the script that character was supposed to be like Lenny. Uh, but mm. who's the kid who gets traumatized. But he kept getting traumatized in all these storylines that they couldn't. So they have two characters that occupy that space. Yeah, right. One is the plot relevant Lenny, and one is like, all right, let's just fucking make up a new character to give <laughs> him some lines. And that could have been a nobody, but they cast Ethan Supley and made him like a horny goth. It's incredible. <laughs> it's, it's great. <laughs> oh, yeah.
1: Did you notice that um, one of the producers of this is called AJ Dix?
0: Yeah, I did, actually. I was going to take a photo of it and send you it. I and mean, be like, finally! Um, so this is, staggeringly, Richard, our first film franchise for both Ashton Kutcher and Amy Smart. We've wow. never covered them before. Amy Smart, especially, I would have thought, would have shown up in dozens of these. She's like only famous if you watch sequels. Like. <laughs> um, however, the guy that plays uh, Lenny, is Eldon Henson mm. who or old version of Lenny who people will know as
1: Foggy from or Foggy Nelson
0: from uh what's it called Dead Evil. Um he this is his eighth film in film franchise Fortnite. We've seen him before in Mocking Jay Parts 1 and 2, all 3 Mighty Ducks films, Jaws the Revenge and Dumb and Dumberer, when Harry met Lloyd. Oh, wow. Is where we've seen this guy before. I, just at a quick
1: at a glance, I looking at Amy Smart's filmography. I don't think she's ever done a sequel. No, but she's in films that have. Oh sequels. no, she's done. She She's in both Crank films.
0: Yeah, there you go. She's in films that have the same kind of sequel that the mm. Butterfly Effect have. Yeah. uh richard we've got a segment on the show that i think we should stop doing called french wise where we try to decide why this became a franchise and usually the answer is money and in this case it's like there's no production notes on the sequels yeah um uh, so i do think
1: with this one though that i it's don't like know why the the concept of the butterfly effect is such a good idea mm-hmm. that it's like maybe that's all it is it's what and it's a classic like we can just keep doing this idea Mm. And it's going to be interesting forever. Yeah,
0: but, yep. yep. but is it? Yeah, but is <laughs> it? No. Do you have anything else you want to say about the Butterfly Effect one? Or should we one, move the on one to
1: thing the that like, I, and obviously they wouldn't have cast Eric Stoltz if he had gone through with being in um, Back to the Future. But part of me watching the film, you make is it like, sound
0: like he he ducked out of Back to the Future off his own yeah. volition. <laughs> but the he was fired, baby. <laughs> but
1: part of me couldn't help but wonder. What an interesting thing it would be if Michael J. Fox had played that character. Like, this
0: film couldn't afford Michael J. Fox.
1: Yeah, but but, I mean, like, if the roles were reversed, Eric Stoltz. Stuart Little's Michael J. Fox? That, like, Stuart, like, because when did Stuart Little 2 come out? Like, this is around the same time. That, like, imagine. Yeah, the Mm, same year mm. or, like, you know, span of a couple of years playing Mm. a crazy little mouse in a red convertible (laughs) and a pedophile father. Like, that'd be fascinating.
0: You're right, you're right. Well, the, the butterfly... So you want to go back in time. Is it stopping Eric Stoltz from, from getting fired from yeah, Back to yeah. the Future? Yeah. So does that also mean that sort of cosmically uh, Michael J. Fox gets the role of Mr. Miller in the Butterfly effect? Yeah, yeah.
1: And also it would be in um, Pulp Fiction as well, I guess.
0: Mm, as the the heroine yeah. dealer. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Richard, where were you? Everyone knows where they were when <laughs> they were in the warehouse and saw that the butterfly five the butterfly effect 2 existed yeah. on dvd where do you remember when you became aware of the butterfly effect 2 because it was a big deal for me oh really it no, was like, I, I, it was it like holy a bi- shit i can't say
1: it was a big deal for me i think i got this off fatso which was like new oh zealand's answer to netflix um like oh back my in the God. day once, where you would get dvds mailed to you i
0: once had to write a commercial for fatso i know you've told the story it, many times Oh, okay I'll cut, cut that out then please Richard no no. <laughs> <Tell> <laughs> us what was, to, the,
1: what, was thing, what was the commercial
0: I don't think it ever made it to air but we we, we were commissioned to write something and this was like 2015 but well past DVD's mm. heyday and I, the only idea I remember pitching that I thought was really funny was pitching it like DVDs were a new technology mm. and just seeing if they would be if they had a good enough sense of humor to, to run that commercial mm-hmm <laughs> but i don't remember what happened the butterfly effect 2 came out in 2006 uh if we go to the wikipedia page for this movie um it has up the top um for the episode of ugly betty uh, for for the episode of ugly betty see the butterfly effect part two because the season four opening and second episode of ugly betty were called the butterfly effect parts one and (laughs) two Uh That's so great. I thought that was pretty funny. This was directed by John R. Leonetti, who is more well known as a cinematographer on film franchise Fortnite's films such as Child's Play 3, Ooh. The Scorpion King, The and The Mask, and he did go on to direct Annabelle, which we haven't covered for the podcast, uh-huh. but is a, a fairly high profile movie that he that he moved on to after this. What do you think this has on Ron Tomatoes? uh
1: pff, like twenty seven.
0: It has twenty-seven audience score. It does not have a critic score, Um, but that is still a big drop from the eighty-one percent audience score of the first film. Uh, What is the Butterfly Effect Two about?
1: So this one is about a guy who we to to set the scene for you.
0: Nick. His name is Nick. Nick,
1: and he is uh, on holiday with his partner. Uh, It's her birthday. And they're they're like talking about their future and then all of a sudden he gets called into work. So they leave and they There's I, two
0: friends. There's another couple with them
1: as well. On the way back, their tire bursts, they get into an accident, and the other three people in the car die, leaving Nick alive. A year. And can goes I just by. say
0: can I just say as well? They try to be very coy with it, but it becomes very obvious that his girlfriend is pregnant and hasn't told. And you don't get told this till the end of the yeah, film. Yeah. But it's like, oh, fucking hell. just, just fu- Let's just reveal that she's pregnant.
1: <laughs> so he a year later, he's looking at a photo they took at the, at the lake and travels back in time. But the first time he goes back and he's really just observing things and is like, what the hell's going on? But as he goes back and then he... He starts to every time he looks at a photo, like the world starts to shake in the same way that it did for Evan when he would go back mm-hmm. in time. And there's a bit
0: where he, he's like looking it up and sees articles about Evan's Jason father. Treeborn. So making it set in the same Oh my god, Jason Treeborn. He was Jason.
1: Adjacent! <laughs> <I> think... adjacent, <laughs> adjacent to Evan being reborn. Yeah. And so he go yeah, similar sort of thing. He goes back in time a few times to like make things not happen, to not have the car crash or to lessen the damage of it or whatever. And a lot of this one focuses more on his um, uh, career progression. And mm-hmm. his, his boss is a dick and then he goes back one time and now he's like the vice president and his boss from the normal reality is now his subservient and all this stuff. But reoccurring uh, to this is that he, uh, so Julie wanted to move to New York and then when he's all successful, Julie didn't go to New York uh, to pursue art or whatever. And so... Yeah, there's a there's little tension bit of in there's tension in their relationship, in, in their relationship. and then he goes back again, and now he's all successful, and he's sleeping with his boss's daughter, and he, him and Julie have broken things off and quite bad, and then everything, you know, he he goes back in time one last time and decides to fix everything by breaking up with Julie at the lake, and she says, while well, I was pregnant, and this was a shock to him, even though she should have like they would have a kid
0: no cuz the baby died anyway in right. the car accident and she talks in one of the alternate realities she's like you know what we lost in the crash oh, and yeah. it's very cuz cuz all he does the first time is gets her to put her seatbelt on yeah, yeah yeah and skids out of the way so yeah. they still crash but Camera, yeah. right. okay that's that is
1: flawless writing.
0: Uh, so then he goes <laughs> hey, back it's better writing than the fucking racist prison scene from yeah, the first yeah.
1: one. But so he goes back in time again and <laughs> breaks up with her. She takes his car, the one that's about to have a tyre burst, and drives off. And he steals someone's car and drives <laughs> chasing after her. And you're like, oh no, the, the tire's going to explode. That doesn't come up. Uh, but he the semi-truck is, is coming towards them and they're driving alongside each other. So he's driving down the wrong side of the road and he says, he thinks to himself, oh, what I have to do is to fucking kill myself, I guess, and to make everything right. So he gets into the accident and then it cuts to the future. She now has uh, the kid, it's named Nick Jr. And it's implied that he has the same abilities as his dad. because To travel back to his dad's
0: memories. Yeah. So So let's see that movie. (laughs) Yeah. But the
1: yeah, the He goes back in time to his
0: dad's past and his sex with his mum, becomes (laughs) his own father.
1: (laughs) The the thing about this one is yeah, so the time travel mechanic is different, he does it by looking at photos. But it's never explored because it it ends up being that it's like, oh his you know, when he's successful it's because he's fucking corrupt and like his whole business is corrupt and Mm. shit. But He never tries just going to New York with Julie. (laughs) Like, these guys love each other. We're not shown enough that, like, his presence in her life is so toxic that they can't, they can never be together. It's just that, like, when he forced her to stay for his work. She slightly resented him for it. So he goes back in time and is like, right, we have nothing to do with each other. But it's like, you so easily could have made this work. Go back, replace your tire before it bursts. Then realize, oh, I shouldn't be at this toxic environment. I want to be with Julie. Let's move to New York together so you can pursue your dream. Yeah. but instead he's like no no i have to die it, it's it's such a stupid ending It
0: what well, no but it's not just true of this film my overwhelming thought watching all three of these movies especially this one is how easy it would be to stop everyone dying yeah that because that's because if he if, even if it's not the car crashes like best friend gets beat up at a corporate deal gone wrong yeah. and and all this sort of thing but like they th- go back to the holiday fix your tire or don't go to work don't get called into work an even more obvious solution mm. that one requires you doing nothing <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. like that one actually requires lack of action to listen stop everyone from dying yeah. you don't have to go to new york you don't even have to give up your job necessarily if they're forgiving you for not coming in on a sunday or whatever it
1: is. well the whole idea Just is that don't like go he's to not going to promoted if he doesn't go to this meeting
0: Right, but by this point, Nick knows that that's
1: worth. Well, that, then, yeah, this you is know? the thing that it's like, I, I I can get like, if you're writing a movie like this, it's not a good message to be like, no, no, the career is just as important or is more important mm. than love. Mm. Like, no, you mm. you you've written this film, you have to side with love.
0: Yeah, I'm sorry, yeah. but
1: those are the rules. Like, those are the rules. And so, yeah, to 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 not try and make the relationship work at the cost of your career because also he's like in a tech startup um so it's like yeah yeah, he's got transferable transferable skills he would find work in new york i'm sorry yeah i guess it's not the silicon valley but like yeah yeah it's it's such a stupid ending to the film because (laughs) they want to have the same ending as the first one yeah
0: so so one of the other reasons he goes back in time is that in, in, in the future where everything's basically perfect for him, mm. and he's with, he's with whatever her name is, and, but um, Trevor, his best friend who also died in the original timeline, um, he gets fired for this bad business deal, and he's like, right, I'm quitting too. And it's like, that's the only thing wrong with this timeline yeah, is your yeah. friend got fired, and you know what's not as bad as being responsible for the deaths of your best friends? one of them getting fired <laughs> stay in that timeline oh yeah. Nick what are you doing obviously stay in that one well even the one where yeah, he's no.
1: very successful but not with Julie but he has very explicit sex with um, oh my god one of with his boss's daughter <laughs> it's yeah, so, so 2004 uh, straight to video uh, we're, we're
0: in we're in the golden age of low budget film sex scenes in oh my god
1: and they just get more explicit as well <laughs> oh my <laughs> well, god I to be I fair to this film this you this... don't actually see nipple when you think you're about to see nipple you can see a little pasty on it
0: ah i had seen this film before shockingly and can can i just say my mind is blown that i've watched it a second time in my entire life (laughs) you know like i thought i would never ever even think about this film again so i'd seen it i'd seen it on dvd when it came out but until re-watching it for the only for this podcast the only parts of the scene of the film's that I had rewatched, were the sex scenes. <laughs> <laughs> Why is that, AJ? Uh, because I masturbated <laughs> to them, Richard. And But honestly, they are so explicit, but also, there's, so there's two sex scenes, and there's one, when he changes things, and he's back with Julie, and they have they- what, could very generously describe be described as like an intimate and beautiful sex scene where mm-hmm. they're back together. Then he goes to another timeline where he's having a, a sordid affair with his boss's daughter or whoever it is. Mm. And it's this, it's so stupid because it it's, it's like, I get it, 2006. I get it. Um, What's his name? Uh, John R. Leonetti I get why what what we have to do to make straight to DVD mm. psychological thriller sequels sell I know that we have to put sex scenes in them but this one like betrays the character's integrity if listen if this was a movie about a guy wanting to get ahead in his job and using the butterfly effect yeah. to do so sure this but it's not this is a movie about a guy who is repeatedly trying to save the life of the woman he is in love with
1: the father and you're telling the
0: mother of his child child. and you're telling me that you felt it very natural to write into this that he has this crazy sex with his boss's daughter in in this corporate bathroom in
1: my defense of that scene i will say okay mildly defend it please richard the two things about that scene that i'm like okay so one is that like in the middle of this she pulls out a camera and is like yeah it'll be so hot like let's take a photo while we're having sex and I kind of liked that as a plot point, that it's like, he needs a photo in this timeline so he has a point to go back to to fix some things. Um, mm. And I kind of, you know, it's kind of funny, it's kind of kinky that it's like, in the middle of a sex scene is the time he can travel back to. Um, but, but then the, they uh,
0: don't use that. No, <laughs> he, he does, travel, he does back, travel back to it. He
1: tries to, but he gets knocked out before he can. That's right, yeah. Um. But the other thing about that is that what you're saying about like it betrays his character this i was thinking the same thing but i was like the the one kind of like bit of writing that sort of saves it is that he gets his he gets that timeline's memories in his brain so it's like even though there, there is nick in there as he is experiencing the film as we see it there is also the part of him inside his brain that is like i am having an affair with this woman i i have given right. up on julie is is banging someone from an alternate
0: timeline still cheating <laughs> yeah question? yeah um this is our third eric lively film uh, for the podcast after wow. american pie and a Medea christmas um, and it's our fourth David James Lewis film after *Child's Play* 2019, *Halloween Resurrection*, and *MVP* Most Valuable Primate. I did not write down who David James Lewis plays in this film, so I cannot remember who he plays in this he's, movie.
1: He's um, Dave Bristol. Dave oh yes, Bristol. he's the he's Bristol. The as the, boss, cor- yeah.
0: the, the corporate uh, rival. Yeah. Also, um, um,
1: Trevor Eastman. Uh, went on He he he's so young in this film but he went on to be quite a major character in Shit's Creek nice he plays Ted go. um and it's nice. after making that connection very funny to see him so young <laughs>
0: uh the main reason I think this one is bad is how much it insists on being about Nick's boring ass job mm. um so like the first one for all its faults is about like Relationships mm. and and murder and crime, you know, like it's a very, it's very, all it feels like all the parts work to, but but this one, they're in a startup where they've invented like a very 2006 version of cloud sharing that's, but like a version of cloud sharing that isn't as interesting as what would eventually be made in real life. (laughs) And it's so funny to watch them like pitching these amazed investors. Like imagine you're going to a meeting and you get a message while you're in the car that you need to change a slide for the slideshow. Well, with your phone, you can do that. Which first of all, that's, finicky at best to do now well, yeah, he's, <laughs> with well, it's, to, it's, to change he's, a slideshow it's like kind of pitching
1: a smartphone but it is funny though later on in the film he'll they're like yeah we're pitching you know a phone that can do this and they're like everyone's pitching that at the moment <laughs> like it's <laughs> it's, it's, so it's right funny. on the cusp of the boom um and it's, so yeah it's, it's, it's funny it's, that it's like it's it's actually not even that impressive at the time <laughs>
0: Yeah, and it reminded me of the the bit we talked about in the Kissing Booth 3 yeah. where she just randomly pitches an eSports thing. And yeah, it's yeah, not yeah. like it's not like she kisses she, she pitches a kissing booth video game, which mm. is the obvious thing to do. And in this it's like they've put so much effort into describing what this like invention is mm. that it kind of feels like the screenwriters were like, this is a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Richard It's time for us to skedaddle on to the third film in this illustrious trilogy. I am, of course, talking about The Butterfly Effect 3 Revelations, released in 2009. Let's talk about how funny it is to call to give your film the subtitle Revelations when it's a standalone sequel yeah, what's <laughs> like, being revealed? Re- yeah it's not Revelations about the whole franchise it's Revelations pertaining to this film itself which all the other ones also had <laughs> <Yeah>. so <laughs> so this was directed by Seth Grossman <laughs> or Grossman who does not have a Wikipedia page its audience score is slightly improved above um, the 27% of Butterfly Effect 2 do you have any guesses? 30. 32 no audience no critic score because no one was pa- ever paid to watch this movie I guess is the reason oh, yeah. for that um what is it about
1: so I can tell you what this one's not about mm-hmm. <laughs> and that is the concept of the butterfly effect if you I try and so- tell me AJ, That this film was written as a butterfly effect sequel and wasn't an unrelated script with the name slapped on it. I'm going to punch you in the throat.
0: (laughs) I'd like Like, to see you try, buddy. I'm already. You're going to be here in a week. Oh my god! Okay, I never said it. I didn't say it. (laughs) Um,
1: it it's like this. Do you know what this movie feels like? What a hellraiser sequel.
0: Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like,
1: this This is a completely unrelated film that involves time travel that you could so easily have Pinhead show up at the end and just be like, ah, I hope you've learned your lesson. Now come with me to mm-hmm. the the realm of pain. Or as we call it, like, it's pleasure to us, but it'll be pain to you. Right, yes. As, uh, as they always do. This, but this one is about a guy who travels back in time to witness murders and then tell the cops what he saw. And, mm. and he says that he's a psychic and in doing all this, he accidentally creates, or the, like he's tied to all of these murders now, which are unsolved. Uh, one of them being his girlfriend and then her sister and all these things. He keeps going back in time. And each time he comes back and something is slightly different. And he literally says like, I don't give a fuck. Yeah. And I'd let me find the killer who was named the Pontiac killer which is very funny if you watch Brooklyn Nine-Nine because Craig Robinson's character is the Pontiac Bandit and th- that name is said dozens of times in each episode that he appears and so it's so distracting to have like the Pontiac Killer be taken so seriously. Also, never really explained why they call him the Pontiac Killer. Anyway, mm. he keeps going back in time. More murders keep happening. He awakes in slightly different realities where he still has the same relationships with everyone. That's the thing, and- yeah yeah and um but he his sister is. his
0: sister helps him go back in time helps him go
1: back in time and she's a bit of a recluse uh never really leaves the home but we learn that he saved her life from a fire when they were younger um and she's always like you never told me what happened during the fire and then turns out like, we find out later on in the film that she died originally and then when he went back in time to save her it meant his parents dying and then yada 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 all these murders keep happening it's at the end it's revealed spoilers for the butterfly effect three revelations that his sister is the murderer and she's been going back in time because all these people all these women um were being were actually people that he ended up with at some point. So one of them was actually he remembers being a girlfriend. The rest were just unrelated because she went back in time and killed them before they could meet because she's actually in love with him, her and own brother. Her own brother.
0: And then then listeners bear witness to maybe one of the most balls-to-the-wall endings i've ever seen in a movie of this caliber
1: (laughs) yeah what happens
0: so this is fucking crazy you thought the ending to the butterfly effect had kind of strange messaging (laughs) you thought the ending to the butterfly effect too was trying to like ape that same sacrificial concept you you think like going back in time and killing yourself to prevent future misery is like the worst thing a uh, worst place a movie can go. This movie one ups that because this movie goes, let's go back and kill Hitler theory, you know, in, in concept yeah, yeah, yeah. where he goes back in time to that fire and actively holds her bedroom door <laughs> shut while she desperately cries and pleads to be <laughs> let out. This is her before she's a murderer, before she's a villain. He he makes sure that she dies in the fire and it is harrowing If this was a well-acted film it would be traumatizing to watch luckily like, um, it's not remember
1: it just- the um the uh nightmare on elm street reboot when mm. they're like burning freddie alive yeah but, um uh what's his name uh jackie o'haley is the best actor in the film yeah so it's like when he's screaming for his life it's like let him out
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah like it is it is such a nuts ending i i could not believe that was where they landed on and then
1: also it it cuts to now present day sam the main character has a daughter named jenna with Mm. rebecca who was murdered and then the daughter (laughs) just like has this doll and just puts it on a barbecue grill, watches it burn and smiles.
0: Well, he named her after his sister. And yeah. it's implied that for some reason she's also evil. Which, very yeah. similar ending to the second one as well with the yeah, the baby. Uh, yeah. So, look. It's interesting. You came at it from this was not supposed to be a Butterfly Effect film. I came at it from like this gets points for ambition. This is ambition. not supposed to be a film. No, no, <laughs> not at all. No. I I thought this was better than the second one because I was like, ah, oh, that's an interesting. Like Butterfly Effect incorporated, basically. Like there is a there is a Butterfly group- Effect presents. Yeah, <laughs> there is a there is a group of people who can travel back in time and they get together and talk about it and talk about you know the rules and and it's it's turned yeah. into like a it's they call it jumping. And it is kind mm. of reminiscent of that movie Jumper. Um yeah. there's a there's another time traveler in the film called Goldberg, um, who's uh one you know, another actor in the movie. Um and yeah. he acts as like a mentor, and that's exclusively his like the only reason he's in, in the film. Um but I, I did think that the butterfly effect incorporated feels like the, something you or I would pitch for continue <laughs> the franchise, you know? Yeah. But I, ultimately, I, I, Yep.
1: Well I just I just think that it's like it's such a betrayal of the franchise to ramifications. Yeah, not well I mean it depends how much you care about
0: you told the ramifications thing is, is it should be called the Butterfly Effect 3 ramifications. Ramifications <laughs> would be a good subtitle for, for this series. Well
1: it's but it's not about the ramifications, no, it's exactly. more about I'm revelations it should, it than should, it is should, about ramifications. It's true.
0: <laughs> it's true. Ultimately I thought this got very lost in its own concept and I was struggling very to, dense, yeah, to keep up with what they were actually talking about. Um but it became very clear despite me being like oh this is an ambitious approach it all falls apart as soon as the person butterfly affecting starts including other people in his operations because then you've got this confusing thing where it's like he's gone to an alternate reality but the his sister's still his sister and she still helps him and his goldberg's still his mentor and still and it's like
1: well to be fair he's going back to ...times after those relationships were established.
0: I guess so, but it's still
1: like... If we went back to before his sister was born, sure. No, yeah, yeah, but, yeah.
0: But no one, none of these characters seem to care that, like... Uh, well, that's well, like, like well, his relationship you, you with are, the
1: police is the big one. Yeah, that, yeah. Like, every time he goes back, he has the same relationship with the detective.
0: But but what I'm saying is, like, Goldberg from Timeline 2 is not upset that the, per- the version of Sam he's talking to is... A completely new version there's of a, Sam. There's a new version. Like to, he's to, lost. To Sam, yeah. He's lost the version he knows, and his sister doesn't care about this shit either. Um, well, no,
1: they haven't lost the version they know. The the version that that I guess they've
0: they loses the version
1: we know. We never see again. Yeah. As far as they're aware. Yeah, no, because like, he tells yeah, them because they they merge and shit. He
0: he tells them that it's that he's from another timeline. Yeah,
1: yeah. They're, they're, they're like,
0: they're... oh, did you jump again?
1: my point my point is is that
0: in order for this to work in order to include more characters in on the concept the concept itself has to be like dramatically weakened so that it makes Mm. sense that people would still know what's going on you know
1: one thing i will say in this film's defense uh i like how far it went with the incest thing (laughs)
0: i did too actually i was like yeah, <laughs> then yeah, it's like it's one not? of these things
1: where if you're introducing this you have to go as far as you did yeah to justify it yeah. like you can't just be like no sam like we're we're brother and so we're supposed to always be there for each other and these girls were taking you away from me and it's like oh are they implying that no it's like no no she kisses him on the lips and he's yeah. like what the fuck yeah, yeah and she's like i'm in love with you yeah. We, we are meant to be together and these girls were all trying to steal you. And it's like, yeah, that's where you need to go. <laughs> to, yeah. what,
0: did you work out that she was the killer?
1: Uh, I The whole time I was expecting it to be him. Yeah. And but so they say I was that like, in the
0: script, so I was like...
1: <sighs> yeah, but, yeah, but they, 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 they do. And so I was kind of like, it's, it is one of those things. I wasn't surprised when it was revealed to be her because it's like, there are three characters this can be mm. because you haven't introduced that many characters mm. and so it has to be him it has to be goldberg or it has to be the sister mm. and they and they tell you oh maybe it's him or goldberg so it's like well it has to be the sister then.
0: yeah isn't it uh gr- this movie is so gratuitous compared to like this one feels like the final destination writers wrote yeah it. Like, well
1: and also this one has some like, very a much more explicit sex scene in it yeah that's um, true but Which the, is yeah. so gratuitous, so like it may, unnecessary. It's, it's so to the gratuitous,
0: plot. listeners, that it makes you sad. From a twenty twenty three perspective, it's like, oh fuck, this is so dip-. like you this know, is someone being exploited. This yeah. is this is a a very young, very pretty actress that is just uh just completely. They they bears they,
1: they, all. They, they got the the. The call of her life yeah. to appear in a Butterfly Effect sequel, and what and what they're doing is slamming her titties on a glass table. Oh,
0: it is so depressing. But like this,
1: I think that it's like. You can do a you can do a film where the the sexy bartender flirts with them and they have sex. Mm. That's fine, but it's like you don't need like a eight porn, different setups. Yeah, a porn, porn of them porn having movie sex. Style sex. You thing. can even have like why you know it's a, it's two thousand six. It's a straight to DVD film. Sure, you can do the under the glass table shot, but it's like like this is a day's worth of shooting yeah. of like different setups, and they put the, let's put them all in the film. Yeah. And also, oh, my God, the way this film is shot and edited is so bad. (laughs) Like, there's, you know, um, the best I can, uh, the the most sort of mainstream thing I can think of is, like, you know in Hot Fuzz when, like, um, Angel is doing the paperwork and it's, like, it's deliberately shot, you know, it's it's a boring thing to look at, but the, like, you know, like, zooms Mm. in on little bits and, like, little bits float over other Mm. parts. It's, like, they are trying to do this in this film, but it is, like, how a film school student would do those shots mm. they are like go back and watch them it is so funny how like thinking they have the point <laughs> it is mm. it's oh my god they're so poorly done mm. yeah oh, and yeah the, the film, loved the watching film. this film though I, <laughs> I enjoyed i enjoyed watching it i like i had a great time watching it
0: the film also opens with a mother being bludgeoned to death by, an ass- by yeah. a-, a hit on her, and it's incredibly violent. Maybe yeah. one of the most violent things I've ever seen. <laughs> like yeah. she gets her head like caved in, and it's like the movie starts there with a woman b- yeah. having her head bashed in, and it's like this tells you kind of all you need to know about the, the- yeah. where this movie. One other going.
1: scene that I did, I was kind of like, "Oh yeah," like, is um, he. After realizing like, oh, I can't save, you know, my, my partner, I'll go back and try to save the second victim. And so he goes, he sneaks into her apartment, watches her from the closet and um, she's just going about her day and then someone bursts in and in a quite violent scene begins to rape her and she's screaming for her life. And then you're like, oh wow, you know, we're about to see the killer. And uh, then the guy Oh, great! Takes A his-
0: straight to DVD rape scene. Just what I wanted to be watching yeah. tonight.
1: And then, not that, and then not the,
0: that a theatrical one, particularly. <laughs> but I,
1: I said this yeah, in my review I, I of the first I want to go to the one. cinema to watch yeah, this. Yeah. I want to see it on the big screen. I,
0: I, I like I said in, the, in my my letterbox review for the first film, is like this is not a good enough film to justify having a pretty detailed child molestation scene. It. Yeah. And it's it's one of these things where it's like, guys, if you're going to have these these harrowing scenes of like the worst violence you could do to a person. You got to be really sure that the film is good enough to be able to be like <laughs> yeah. it need, Like, look at something like the Last Duel, which even then people were like, "Was that really necessary?" If it's not, if it's hardly necessary in Ridley Scott's The Last Duel, it's not going to be necessary in, awesome. in the Butterfly Effect Three Revelations.
1: <laughs> but what? But what I was saying about that scene though is that like midway through this, as it's just about to get even worse, um, the the master assailant pulls off his mask and is like babe i'm sorry i can't do this like and she's like no but like i'm having fun you know i'm enjoying it and he's like yeah but just like hearing you scream makes me go soft and i was like that was a fun subversion of where i thought that scene was going And, and to
0: immediately backtrack and start praising this horrible moment in this film pretty well performed those two actors i thought like and and a movie full of like just dog shit like (laughs) craigslist actors and legitimately they probably got like the cop (laughs) the cop characters were probably got off craigslist you know like Mm. like it it is this kind i don't know i thought those performances were actually pretty pretty good um Mm. anyway yeah that's the butterfly effect three terrible stuff, but I thought at least it was, it was doing something different with the sequel. The third, the it's third it's movie.
1: a good, it's a, like, again, it's a good sleepover watch. Like, mm. because worst case scenario, you see some boobies in it, but best case scenario, you have a good time laughing at this terrible film with your friends.
0: I like how you said you see some boobies in it, but, and it's like boobies in it, comma, but, and you see boobies, <laughs> but, yeah. Um, so, That is the Butterfly Effect trilogy, Richard. Do we want to talk now about continue the franchise? Where we pitch? Yes. What are the many um,
1: continuations of the franchise we haven't looked at yet?
0: There is fuck all, dude. You type in the Butterfly Effect four into Google. It's it says movieclips.com, the butterfly effect seen one out, out of four or whatever like it's, <laughs> it's it takes the four to mean just something like even the sequels are so obscure that it's not even thinking you're talking about a sequel um no there's nothing going on in the butterfly effect series that has laid dormant since 2009 i doubt there ever will be i did have an idea and i'm slightly it's that's slightly being usurped now by this idea of a direct sequel to the second one where a kid has the power to travel back to his dad's memories where he realizes the only way to not prevent himself from being born is to have sex with his mum i think that's pretty interesting
1: Would you keeping the incestuous themes? Yeah, but that would
0: be a cool. That's a cool. Like, would you rather come to life? You know, Mm. you he's in his dad's body, so he has his dad's semen and dad's sperm. (laughs) And in order to make sure he is not never born, he has to have sex with his own mum. That's a great idea for a movie. I'm going to write that movie. It's going to be called The Butterfly Erect. Uh, no, I do have a better and actually pretty, I think, pretty good Continue the Franchise yeah. to, to pitch you. Um, I was thinking about, like, especially inspired by the third one and the fact that it's, like, this, this operation now and that there's these rules to this universe and stuff. And I thought, like, what about, like, a Grand Theft Auto-style video game, like, about the criminal underbelly of some city where you have butterfly effect time travel and so this is, like, an expansive, like, revolutionary new game map, where it's not mm. a map of ge- geography, it's a map of time. And so you're playing the game, and you have the ability to go back in time to when your character was younger, and you change something, and whatever you change, the ramifications then exist when you flash back to the present, you know? And, mm. and like, really going, like, so, like, there are thousands of possibilities
1: like no man's sky
0: a little bit like no man's sky but with time instead of space do you think that's an interesting idea
1: yeah 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 Yeah, i think it couldn't exist
0: you don't think it's possible you don't think we're we're there yet Not god no the god no well it's something to shoot for then
1: yeah shoot for the moon
0: what's your continue uh, the franchise
1: my like I, I think we can have another go at the butterfly
0: <laughs>
1: i think that guys that you hear can me make this work. <laughs> i think that there is a way to make this concept work and i think i'm so the things i'm fascinated by are like what, the idea of like alternate realities what if i'd never done this but i also love the like people going mad essentially being like i can make everything work you know, that it's like no matter what you, what happens, you go back and something is always going to go wrong because, especially if there's this, there's this idea that like there are moments in life that are fated to happen, mm-hmm. no matter what you go back and change. Mm-hmm. And I love the idea of like you know people being driven mad because it's like no, I can make everything work. And actually, the idea I had, which I I, I remembered that during the third one, I was like, this is a good idea. Remember this, and I completely forgot it until now. Mm-hmm. But I I think that if you remake a butterfly thing this could be a tv show actually um because it already is a tv show and what i'm pitching is the show true calling (laughs) um that we're but the more the second season of true calling if you haven't seen true calling uh it was great when i was a kid i don't know if it holds up but it's this woman who works at a morgue at a morgue played by eliza Dushku, and uh, her, the amount of fucking her,
0: times you've told me what true calling is about on this podcast over the years. I'm pretty <laughs> sure this
1: is the first time I've ever brought up no, true calling.
0: No, it is not. But you talk about true calling
1: all the time. Bring up, bring up one clip. Bring up one <laughs> You're clip the editor. Of me it's your responsibility calling. now. No, I'm, <laughs> any, any if anyone can find an episode where I've brought up true calling, <laughs> I'll send you a patch. And I'll actually do it. I'm not going to send Dave his that I owe him. I will, Dave, at some point. Um, Anyway, uh, but the thing that... So, yeah, she works at a morgue. The dead bodies come to life and say, help me. And she relives the previous day and has to save that person's life. Mm -hmm. Anywho, in the second season of the show, Jason Priestley is introduced as a character. I can't remember the guy's name, but he... It's he also relives the day, but he has to ensure the person dies. So it's essentially like she re like one's working for good, one is working for evil, or one's like, you know essentially his character is just ensuring that the timeline goes ahead as as it's supposed to. And there's one day where they relive, but they get the other person's vision. So it's like true has to make um the person stay dead. Anyway, um I think give the idea of two people butterfly affecting and it's one person's job to ensure everything stays the same
0: Mm. nice nice i'm really compelled by what you said about like you know it drives you mad butterfly affecting you know it drives you insane and there's always going to be something you can't change and i actually think that that revelation no pun intended is the revelation that the writers of the original film did not have about what mm. the film should be about. The Butterfly, Ashton Kutch's The Butterfly Effect, should be a film about accepting where you are in life. Because that way, if you make it about, if you try to change things, you will go mad, you can have the baby suicide ending. And the mm. message of the film is like, look where it will get you. You know what I mean? Whereas this version... That's
1: kind of the plot of everything everywhere all at once, right? That it's like being introduced to all these different versions of yourself and they're all quote-unquote successful when you aren't Mm. and having to find success in where you are.
0: Yeah, nice, nice. Richard, we have got to rank the butterfly. God, effect. It's such a good idea for a film. It makes me so <laughs> so We have yeah. got to rank the butterfly effect amongst the 184 franchises we've ever covered. And I've is got this a... a gold star franchise? No, I don't think so. I think that the straight to DVD ness of it all is very apparent in the sequels. Yeah. I think they. Is they... there a
1: clear worst one though?
0: Mm, I would say the second one is the clear worst one. I don't think it's, it's I, I, it is it's not favorite your favourite <laughs> uh, I'm pitching you that we place this at um a hundred and sixty one between above the Yu-Gi-Oh movies but beneath the Cinderella story movies what do you reckon about that
1: uh yeah
0: yes no <sighs> Usually hate the segment, but now it feels like you're taking this very serious. Uh, yeah,
1: well, it's like I don't know because I do enjoy watch like the <sighs> franchise, the bro.
0: The franchise, not the.
1: Well, that's the thing about like, yeah, because it's one of those things that it's like, if I was tasked with like, you have to rewatch one of these, like taking length out of the equation, I would s- so much sooner rather rewatch these films than uh the the connery bond films
0: yeah but they're just not it's not as good of a franchise as the connery yeah. bond films i mean well, i think so, right. so above a cinderella story well, we've got right. we've got the mutant uh teenage mutant ninja turtles movies then 101 dalmatians bad moms boondock saints santa paws from dusk till dawn i think by the time we get to from dusk till dawn we're absolutely it's not better right. than dusk till dawn you know um, i'm I'm happy to adjust it if you like but yeah so 161 you're happy with
1: yeah i mean you know you we could be here adjusting till dawn
0: <laughs> referencing the wrong franchise
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> um sweet okay well that is where we have ranked the butterfly effect trilogy richard Um, there's only one thing we need to do now and that's reveal what the next franchise is it is supposed to be Spooktober we we got behind on episodes thus making Spooktober kind of forgotten uh, this year but we have asked the patrons to suggest some spooky franchises I think we've
1: remembered Spooktober
0: we can at least have one spooky franchise I I think
1: the the Butterfly Effect fits
0: I was terrified Uh, so this this
1: one um, Butterfly Effect 3 Revelations on Wikipedia is called an American science fiction horror thriller.
0: Easy, done, sorted.
1: If we can't include science fiction horror thrillers and spooktober, AJ, I don't want to what do the fucking podcast, right?
0: <laughs> Alrighty, so. Now we're going, to, yeah, we're going to reveal what the patrons have voted for our next franchise, which we'll be covering in two weeks. Um, if you want to get in on this and start suggesting which franchises we watch as well, you can do this over at patreon.com slash Richard, if you're able to reveal what is won after I do the little pluggies, I would just like to say that if people enjoyed listening to this episode, then please consider subscribing at all the places. You can, you can find us wherever you're listening to this right now. Um, you can also follow us on Instagram and Twitter, and at cultpopsha sorry x not twitter um, and you can also jump on our discord and chat all things butterfly effect with us this week on the disky uh, and yeah as just said if you want to join the patreon you can do that as well at patreon.com slash where people have told us our next franchise for spooktober richard tell me what it is
1: next franchise we will be covering is one that uh it feels long overdue in a lot of ways uh we are going to be covering the eight films in the leprechaun franchise which just beat out the exorcist franchise on the patreon vote
0: leprechaun i honestly we should have done this for a saint patrick's day episode guys
1: yeah you dumb fucks
0: Um, I I know nothing. I know that one of them is called In the Hood,
1: and, and then back to the Hood, and
0: back to the Hood. It's all. And Warwick Davis. That's all I know about. And this in franchise. space, so, and in space, we're finally getting an in space franchise. With it's actually in the title. Uh, yeah, yes. So. Stay tuned for that fun episode. I hope people watch along with that one, because I don't know how much uh, people are going to understand if we watch eight movies that they haven't seen. (laughs) Yeah. When did this podcast get to the point where you need to have watched the franchise to follow along with us, do you reckon? Do you reckon we hit that point years ago, or is it still... No, I like to think
1: that we still, you know, Hmm. you don't need to listen to watch. You don't need to listen
0: (laughs) to well thank you so much for listening if you did and we will see you next fortnight for the uh, Leprechaun series and if you stick around for the post credit scene or just coming at you after this music ends you may hear a little question or thing that is asked or suggested by you the listener happy happy Halloween everybody and whatever you do do not go back in time and change something small just observe. That's the only safe way. Yeah. Welcome along to the post-credits scene. There's a segment at the end of each episode where if you donate $5 or more over at patreon.com slash you, yes, you get to give us something to talk about in this the post-credit scene richard who is it from this week
1: today's one comes to us from michael prefontaine who says if you were a cartoonish evil villain where would your base be and what would it look like what would your henchmen slash henchwoman wear as uniforms
0: mine would be a rotating like you know those rotating restaurants that are like yeah, the top yeah. of skylines, be like that sort of thing, but in the middle of the Pacific Ocean, mm. and all my henchmen. And it
1: rotates um vertically the wrong way. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, and all my henchmen would wear denim overalls.
1: Nice. And nothing and nothing else. Yeah, I think you're describing the minions.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, yeah, and, my- I, and I'm Gru. yeah yeah. uh my base i wouldn't want anything too high up because i don't like heights um where i i feel like i would just go for like a, a place that i would like to hang out like it would be like a movie theater or something or like oh it's an escape room but you have to you have to solve puzzles to get in (laughs) <laughs> and and I'm the most what intelligent a- person on the planet, so I'm the only person intelligent enough to solve the puzzles to get in.
0: Well, you've actually just described as, like, the level leading up to a boss in a video game.
1: Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I'm the boss. Yeah. And, all, and my, my henchman slash henchwoman would wear uh like ammo that and and health crates that drop when you kill them
0: <laughs> <laughs> and then
1: i i throw i i attack you and just like a pattern
0: you would also like in you know you say like no one's smart enough to get further deep into this fortress mm. but what you've done is you've actually left crates of ammo and health where no one has been yeah,
1: yeah, just, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: just in case you end up there one day
1: what well, yeah and once you get past the wall, that's like no one has breached this wall in mm. centuries. Yeah. there's some of my henchmen there <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>